for Pacifica Radio, October the 5th, 2023. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of Antiwar.com and author of the book Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. You can find my full interview archive, almost 6,000 of them now, going back to 2003, at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow and at all the video sites slash scotthortonshow. And you can follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at scotthortonshow. All right, first up on the show today is Connor Freeman. He is my right-hand man, an assistant editor at the Institute, and he is an assistant news editor and sometimes columnist also at antiwar.com. Welcome back to the show, Connor. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm doing great. Appreciate you joining us here. So uh, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is out, and I just can't help but talk about this because it is, for some reason, such a big deal at least on the American right, but everybody should know about this. The story is that Milley committed some kind of treason and backstabbed Donald Trump by going over his helmet and talking to the Chinese. But they never really say what the supposed scandal is, and I just want to break it down a little bit because I actually read Woodward's book about what was going on, and what was going on was all the ladies on MSNBC were hysterically predicting that Donald Trump was going to start a war with China in order to stay in office. And Milley, knowing that the Chinese would be hearing those rumors, called up his counterpart in the Chinese military and said, I want you to know, that's complete nonsense. We're not going to surprise attack you for Donald Trump's politics. You can rest assured, if we ever go to war, it will have been as a result of weeks and weeks of failed diplomacy in a real crisis, it's not going to be some crazy thing like this, you know, over domestic politics. It had never happened. And which, of course, was true. Donald Trump was not planning a surprise attack on China so he could stay in office. The whole thing was crazy. So all he did was help tamp down the possibility that the Chinese would take this threat seriously, maybe escalate their forces and their version of DEFCON to a higher status of alert. And he was simply telling them, don't worry about that. We're supposed to be mad at him for that? I don't know, Connor. Can you think of anything else that Mark Milley did in his career as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that was a bit more of a letdown? Yeah, I can. And, you know, the most interesting thing to me about that, too, is uh, according to The Washington Post, one of the reasons why U.S. intelligence was indicating that Beijing believed an attack could be imminent was that the U.S. was carrying out dual aircraft carrier strike group military exercises in the South China Sea. And they were also concerned by Trump's, as they put it, belligerent rhetoric towards China. And so Milley said, my task at the time was to de-escalate. But he's done nothing to change the trajectory of U.S. policy in the Asia-Pacific since then. I mean, he's overseen these massive escalations in Barack Obama's Asia pivot, you know, the largest military buildup since the Second World War encircling China for a future war in the region under Trump and Biden. And, you know, he's been the top military officer this whole time for the last four years. And so just as an example, last year, the U.S. was flying spy planes. They did a thousand sorties in the South China Sea, sometimes just over a dozen miles in the baseline of China's mainland territorial waters. We had U.S. aircraft carrier strike groups and amphibious alert groups making eight deployments to the region as well with extended durations 
Uh, and the U.S. sent nuclear-powered attack submarines to the South China Sea 12 times. Uh, the U.S. is carrying out uh, right now, I mean, the largest uh, uh, iteration of these naval, these annual naval exercises that they do with the Philippines uh, in the South China Sea, but also with Australia and Britain participating, Canada, France. They, earlier, they carried out the largest military exercises they've ever carried out with the Philippines, the Balakatan exercises earlier this year. And so... You know, this discontinues. I mean, we've been setting the theater for war as, uh, you know, the leaders in the U.S. military discuss our policy in China. They compare it to NATO policy in Ukraine following the coup in Kiev in 2014, uh, or excuse me, policy in Eastern Europe following the uh, coup in Kiev. And we're doing the same, you know, we're securing bases near Taiwan and China, building up military access in the Pacific Island nations. As Kenneth Wilspatch, the uh, commander of Pacific Air Forces, has explicitly stated, one of the reasons why they do that is because they want to overwhelm the Chinese target bank for when a war starts. So they don't, as usual, I mean, they don't care how many people die as a result of these policies. It's just about really, I mean... I guess they they hope that they can weaken China maybe by starting a war over Taiwan and and Millie's overseeing policies where now we have 200 troops deployed to the island. We're sailing uh, warships to the Taiwan Strait every month and we've committed billions of dollars in military aid and we're upgrading diplomatic ties with the island as well. And this is just constantly uh, making war more likely and driving us closer to brinksmanship with China when we're already there with Russia. Mm -hmm. Give me just a minute here. At the Libertarian Institute, we publish books, real good ones. So far, we've got Will Griggs' No Quarter, Sheldon Richmond's Coming to Palestine and What Social Animals Owe to Each Other, and four of mine, Fool's Aaron, Enough Already, The Great Ron Paul, and my brand new one, Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. And I'm happy to announce that we've just published our managing editor Keith Knight's first one, The Voluntarist Handbook an excellent collection of essays by the world's greatest libertarian thinkers and writers, including me. Check them all out at libertarianinstitute.org books. And for a limited time, signed copies of Enough Already and Hotter Than the Sun are available at scotthorton.org books. Hey guys, I had some wasps in my house, so I shot them to death with my trusty Bug Assault 3.0 model with the improved salt reservoir and bar safety. I don't have a deal with them, but the show does earn a kickback every time you get a bug assault or anything else you buy from Amazon.com by way of the link in the right-hand margin on the front page at scotthorton.org. So keep that in mind. And don't worry about the mess. Your wife will clean it up. Imagine giving a war guarantee to a renegade province of a sovereign nation, right? We can't be an ally with them. They're not even a country. They're 7,000 miles from here. Um, but let me ask you something because yeah, we do hear too. he hasn't stepped in to intervene in that at all. The commander of Indo-Pacific uh, Command has said that he's his job. He's been given two jobs from Biden and Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. That well, I want to prevent this war over Taiwan, but if it happens, oh, we're going to fight it and win it. And then of course, um, Avril Haines, Director of National Intelligence, said uh, that you know the the policy is obvious to Beijing. They just all they have to do is look at what President Biden has said. And Biden has said about four times now that we have a defense commitment. Mm -hmm. And now the parallels with Ukraine are obvious. And obviously we have, especially more and more now, open statements by Western officials, NATO and American Western European national government officials saying that 
they like the war and they think it's serving American and Western strategic interests by weakening Russia. We're bogging them down, giving them another Afghanistan, so to speak. And you kind of made reference there, but I wonder, do you have statements of American officials talking the same way about China that actually, if they invaded Taiwan, that might be good for us in the end because they would have such a hard time, that kind of thing? Well, I think that's an example uh, is what uh, Will Spatch was saying. I mean, I wrote a piece about this for the Institute called Washington Wants War with China Served Hot, Not Cold. And what you'll find there is mostly that I mean, the top of the, the secretary of the army, the secretary of the Navy, the secretary of the Air Force, they're all talking about going to war with China, hot war with China, not just a proxy war. Uh, at the same time, there has been this idea that, you know, a good example of it, it's not as you know, I haven't heard a comparison to Afghanistan the way we've seen like Hillary Clinton gleefully talk about. And as soon as the Russians invaded Ukraine last year on uh, Rachel Maddow's show, but an example would be Trump's former national security advisor. And there's a, a Massachusetts uh, representative who made this same point. But there was a U.S. Army War College p uh, paper about this as well, that the, one of the U.S. plans is to blow up the Taiwan uh, semiconductor manufacturing company's facilities as soon as the war starts over the island. And one of the reasons to do that is to basically make it so costly for China to take the island. And so they just they don't care what the consequences are for, for the Taiwanese. They just want to hurt China. They just want to, you know, may, maybe bleed them in the war or just make this, you know, an insurmountable cost in order to, you know, reunify with the island after the U.S. has provoked this war by providing so much support. The other thing we've seen is, you know, they want to turn Taiwan into a giant weapons depot. That was a headline in the New York Times last year. And so prepare them for this war. And it's one of the things that they were actually just talking about at the uh, United States Taiwan Defense Industry Conference that was held in uh, Virginia uh, this week, actually, uh, that basically the idea is that we need to we need to ramp up military readiness. We've learned all these lessons in Ukraine, and we've got to do something about this backlog of $19 billion, uh, allegedly, in weapons that haven't been delivered, that have been sold, but haven't been delivered to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And we've got to make sure they're prepared and ready to go. You know, And there is this comparison to Ukraine. We're seeing more and more. And that's the other thing, too. You, you know, Lindsey Graham is not a lone voice here. There's uh, several officials that are coming out now and saying – Especially, you know, I actually just saw this uh, Mark Thiessen last night on Twitter talking about this, where they say uh, basically to the the naysayers, the, the people that are now opposing the proxy war in Ukraine, this failed policy, they say, yeah, well, you're just saying we need to keep our powder dry for Taiwan, but I bet you won't even be here when we actually have to go to war with China to protect the island or, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, your nightmare is kind of what I'm hoping for here and then kind of vice versa. But uh, yeah, they are. It's the constant comparison that if we stop in Ukraine, what message does that send to China? And the implication is that we're going to have a similar policy here, too. Mm -hmm. Mark Thiessen, the guy who made his name defending George Bush, torturing people to death. That's who decides consensus in American public opinion. The lowest scum of our entire society. OK, uh, that's Connor Freeman from the Institute and Antiwar.com. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Scott. All right, y'all, and that is Anti-War Radio for today. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of Antiwar.com and the author of Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. Find my full interview archive at scotthorton.org and follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at Scott Horton Show. 
I am here every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. See you next week.